Hello, and welcome back to the Drinking Liberally podcast, a show that combines good alcohol with some mostly friendly political banter. I'm your host, Kevin Wilson, and making his triumphant return to the co-host chair after a brief hiatus is Jeff Fenner. How's everybody doing? Jeff, welcome back. It's good to have you back in that seat across from me. Thank you. Yeah, I had to go be a dad. Yeah, is that what you were doing? That was what was more important than our podcast? Yeah, I had to go uh, a little back-to-school night for kindergarten. Um, you know, big step for the kid going into real school. So that's exciting. I decided to attend. I won't go for the next few years, maybe like fifth grade. I'll show back up again, yeah. but you know, kindergarten's a big, big deal. I guess that is a big deal. So uh, how'd, uh, how'd your wife take it? She cried a little bit. Did she? Yeah. yeah. She cried on the first day, cried a little bit there. Yeah. That what about the... you? You cry too? No, I tried to get an Uber to the bar about halfway through <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's where, that's where, that's where we ended it. <laughs> now, are you just saying you didn't cry because you don't want our listeners to, uh, take pity on you yeah i'd hate the millions of people at home listening to uh picture me that way yeah that's fair i mean that's good for their psyche to not have to picture you that way. (laughs) correct i have other things to cry about yeah yeah well there's a lot to cry about this week a lot lots been going on very busy week uh we'll be talking about the i word today that'll be our main topic but before we get to it as always, we're going to talk about what we're drinking during this discussion. The other I word. The other I word. Impaired. Yes. <laughs> I did not know where you're going with that. <laughs> Intoxicated. There is another one. Hey. This is very educational today. It's like Sesame Street for <laughs> <It is>. degenerates. <laughs> this, yeah, this episode's brought to you by the letter I. <laughs> so this week, we are drinking uh, sweatpants. Interesting name for a beer. Uh, sweatpants from the Kent Falls Brewing Company out of Kent, Connecticut. Uh, Kent, Connecticut, I've been to once before. They have like this summer camp that they do regular adult summer camps, like 21 and older. Oh. And we actually did a bachelor party there in that area, in that town. Uh, didn't know there was a brewing company at the time, but we were pretty preoccupied with all the, uh, the drinking and activities they had going on there. Highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but no, it's sounds actually amazing. fantastic. I yeah. want to go back. <laughs> But anyway, we're drinking Sweatpants from the Kent Falls Brewing Company. It's a uh, pale ale made with some Centennial, Chinook, and Glacier hops. Uh, The brewing company calls it a clean pale ale, which means it doesn't have a lot of off flavors. You're not picking up a lot of secondary flavors to it. Uh, But the flavor that does come through comes from the uh, ale yeast that they use to brew this. And so what is that flavor, right? So it's mostly citrus, being a pale ale. Um, I'd say mostly lemon, honestly, and definite hints of lemon to the smell, not too overpowering, pretty subtle, and a little bit of like a grassy, like fresh mowed lawn type smell to it, which Jeff, I know yeah, you're making a face and I, I know, like, do you smell that there? You're making this sound really appealing yeah. uh, with the yeast and the grass. <laughs> it's, um, it's much better on the tongue. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does taste good. Pretty, pretty clean taste. Um, It's a a nice, clean, pale ale, like you said. It is, yeah. And as far as the feel, like, it's pretty smooth, not a lot of carbonation to it. I I really enjoyed this beer. I'm sad. This is one that I picked up while I was upstate camping. Um, I wish I had more. Honestly, this is the last one. Wish you had more, too. Yeah. So enjoy it while we can. (laughs) I have to pick up more next time. But the artwork on this can is actually pretty basic. It's a uh, gray can. The bottom of it has like a pair of gray sweatpants tied around the bottom of it. It's a very laid back vibe to it, the artwork here, which I really dig. Um, that said, I definitely recommend pouring it this, pouring this into a glass rather than drinking it from the can. Much, much better poured out. 
So that's what we'll be drinking today, the Sweatpants Pale Ale out of Kent, Connecticut, the Kent Falls Brewing Company. Check it out if you're ever up that way. So now we have our third I word. Bring it on. Impeach. Impeachment is the topic of the day. Uh, For those of you that have been living under a rock, man, I I feel like you can't even avoid this right now. It's everywhere. Everyone's talking about this. Um, The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, announced on Tuesday that the House would begin a formal impeachment inquiry. Now, this doesn't mean that Trump's going to get impeached. It means they're going to start looking into potentially uh, bringing about articles of impeachment. And this has been really brewing for a while now. They've been talking about it, you know, back in the Mueller report days. And I mean, frankly, he's committed, Donald Trump, that is, has committed a number of impeachable offenses. But uh, this one feels a little different. I, I feel like people are talking about this in a, a way that they didn't talk about when it came to the emoluments clause violations or even the Mueller report, Russia stuff. Yeah, it almost feels like well, there's almost, it's either two, one of two things, right? Either... Pelosi finally feels like we have enough for this to have some traction. Enough evidence, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Or she's just gotten so much pressure and it's been talked about, like you said, for so long that it's one of those things like we either do this now or we shut our mouths about it because after the latest debacle, if we're not going to do it now, like what would the smoking gun have to be right at this point? So I hope it's the the first option that she feels like, Hey, we got some stuff, something here, some substance. Um, I fear that it's the second option that it was, Hey, we gotta, we gotta do this now. Um, a lot of people have been getting on board obviously in the house. Yeah. Um, we saw a couple of like swing state Congress people coming out in in favor of it this week, which is kind of shocking because you think typically on an issue like this, that could be politically volatile those swing state candidates are always going to be the last ones to come out. Yeah. And it's essentially like Pelosi's job to protect those candidates and say, we're not going to make you go on the record until it's absolutely necessary because we don't want this to blow up in your face. And so usually they'll only come out after the fact if they already had the 218 House votes, right? But they were uh, at the forefront of this. Yeah, that fact gives me more confidence in this on its its own. Um, And if... If the reason is just because they want to protect our democracy and they don't care about their re-election status, um, salute to them. Yeah, more power to Let's you. Let's get some more of that. That, <laughs> that kind of uh, political courage is what we need in our government right now. So, so to the, the first topic, the first point you brought up was that you were hoping there's some evidence, that there's some there there. Yeah. And I think why this seems a little different this time is that there seems to be more a simpler, more substantive storyline. Right, where the Mueller report was very kind of like an onion, there's layers, and it was yeah. layer after layer, and it was kind of hard to follow. And at the end of the day, all we had was this 450 page document that you had to read through to uncover what was going on. There was almost, almost too much crime, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it was almost like, uh, yeah, it was overwhelming. It's like reading, you know, what I mean, reading a book. There's, there's just 8,000 8, pages. Like, you're going to yeah. remember the little stuff. Um, right. And this, this is a much more simple narrative that led to this damn bursting on impeachment. And it all came about because there's this whistleblower in the intelligence community that apparently overheard a few of Donald Trump's conversations with foreign leaders. Uh, we now know that this is mostly focused on the president of Ukraine uh, speaking with Donald Trump. But this man or woman that heard this was pretty concerned 
and thought it was dangerous enough that it warranted filing a formal whistleblower complaint. And the inspector general also agreed that this was bad enough that the Congress needed to know about it. Right. Which that's so worrisome, right? And that's where we are now. So it's come out that apparently Donald Trump was speaking with the president of Ukraine and was urging him to investigate Joe Biden, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. And that's just a huge no-no. Whether or not Hunter Biden did anything wrong and there's no evidence that he did, you just don't ask a foreign power to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's... There's so many, and you know, we just talked about this a little simpler, but there's still a lot of layers to this when you get into the corruption of it. Um, you know, it definitely seemed a little quid pro quo. Um, there was talk that Trump wanted to withhold the aid that was going that way and tell the conversation. Then he gave it to them, plus an extra on top that we still don't know what that money was for. Um, so it doesn't look great. No, it definitely surface. doesn't look great. And um, you he, brought up the DNI. Yep. Um, you know, the other big part of this is that Barr, the DOJ, advised the DNI not to share this whistleblower complaint, even though they were named in it, um, which is the, the corruption just in that statement is just incredible. Yeah. So let's make something clear for listeners who might not dive as far down the rabbit hole as we do. A formal whistleblower complaint like this that goes and gets forwarded to the director of national intelligence is supposed to be shared with Congress by law. So if you hear the White House, if you hear Trump or Barr or Giuliani saying, you know, we're, we're thinking about a deal where we'll give that whistleblower complaint over to Congress, d- don't buy it. It's yeah. complete bullshit because... There's no deals here. There's no deal necessary. It is the law. And if they're refusing to turn it over, they are breaking the law and committing yet another crime to add to the list. And I mean, just think about this. You hear whistleblower a lot more in private corporations, right? Not really our government. Um, it's the, like your HR at your work can't hold this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have to report it. Like it's it's law for all companies everywhere. And it, you know, it applies to the president of the United States and our Department of Justice just the same. Yeah. And you brought up um, the term uh, quid pro quo. So just I give you something, I get something in return, right? Yep. And you're going to hear that term a lot because it's going to be used in Republican talking points to kind of combat what's going on here. But let's remember that this call, actually, let's backtrack a little bit before we get into it. Yeah. Everyone was wondering what exactly was said, right, between Trump and the president of Ukraine. And shockingly, yesterday, Donald Trump announced that he'd released the transcript of his call. Now, it didn't end up actually being a word-for-word transcript. It's essentially a summary, a five-page summary that we'll link to in our footnotes. It's readily available. It's been released on um, this Wednesday. And you can read through. And to loop this back to the quid pro quo, there's no direct mention of Donald Trump saying, hey, man, I will give you this aid money if you investigate Joe Biden. Because even he's not that dumb. Right. (laughs) But if you read through it, The president of Ukraine asks Trump about the aid package that Congress had approved. And very next topic that Donald Trump brings up is he asks if the Ukraine could do a favor for them. Yep. So, Jeff, you asked me, hey, what about that, you know, 50 bucks uh, that you were talking about giving me? Like, well, Jeff, there's something you got to do for me. Yeah. 
I'm not explicitly saying that I won't give you that $50, but the implication is that you're not getting it unless you do this favor. Yeah. I mean, again, to bring everybody back to what, you know, in your own life, this is like you go into your boss for a raise and they're of the opposite sex and or a promotion and they don't directly say, hey, go on a date with me to get this promotion. But they're like, I'll take it under advisement. By the way, what are you doing Friday night? You know, it, it yeah. doesn't have to be implicitly stated for you to lose your job at Target. Um, so it doesn't does, need to be. Does that happen a lot in Target? <laughs> <laughs> Not to attack Target. But, um, you know. A lot of sexual same, harassment. It's the same on. thing here at, at um, you know, our the White House. Uh, you don't have to implicitly spell everything out for it to be a crime. Yeah. Again, just the fact that he asked and then admitted, Donald Trump admitted to this on camera to 50 times so yeah, far news organizations <laughs> all week that he did ask the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden's son. That at its face value is an impeachable offense or at its worst case treason. <laughs> yeah, like it's unbelievable. It's really bad. And then so we got this memo. Um, we're recording this on a Wednesday and we got it this morning. And we got this memo, and I had kind of prepared myself for it to be a big uh, nothing burger, if you want to take uh, what Lindsey Graham's quote. And I was pleasantly surprised to find it's kind of damning. And again, read it for yourself. We'll put it out there. Um, you can find it anywhere online right now. It's on the White House website at this point, but we'll put it in our footnotes. Read it for yourself. And it's hard not to imagine some, like, mobster scenario donald trump thinks he's a mob boss talking in code for this quote-unquote quid pro quo and i looked at it again i had prepared myself mentally for it to be a no big deal or a scenario that could be just really spun by republicans in trump's favor and make democrats look bad but i read that it was like holy shit trump thinks this makes him look good like, who's advising him? And then I remembered, oh, it's Rudy Giuliani and William Barr. Yeah. Not the smartest, you know, people out there. I got just to point out, William Barr should not be advising the president on these type of things. He is no. not his personal attorney. Right. Oh, the, I mean, the, the Attorney General of the United States, while appointed by the president, should be a nonpartisan figure that is strictly beholden to the Constitution and upholding the laws of the country. He's not there to run interference for the president. No. Rudy Giuliani is Donald Trump's personal lawyer. He can run interference for the president. That's Correct. his job. Yeah, he's right? bad at it, and it's going great for us, I yeah, think. Yeah, he's so bad at it. We'll get to that in a, a little while. We'll talk a little more about Rudy over there. So I get that part, but just the fact that the people around him said, you know what, this isn't, this isn't too bad. We'll put it out there, and we'll look good at the end of the day. I don't know what they were thinking, because they look awful. Um, and now... This is just one of a few phone conversations that Donald Trump had. The whistleblower complaint mentions multiple calls that gave this person pause. This is just one, which makes me think this is the best of the worst. And they thought, well, we'll release one. We'll say this is the transcript and everyone will leave it alone. And the, it will get a slap on the wrist and just move on. Yeah. But... We still need the full whistleblower complaint released to Congress to see what the other calls entailed. Because again, I think if this is what they thought was acceptable and won't release the others, what's in those other calls? Yeah. And I mean, listen, we're this we've seen this game plan 
run to near perfection before by them, right? With the, Absolutely. With the um, Mueller report. Yep, so, the bar summary of the Mueller report. They released that in advance. It was yep. just a summary, not the actual report. So they got to spin the narrative in their favor. Yep, and Trump also called it more than just a summary, and he's calling this the full transcript. And you'll hear that a million times from him. Um, but it's not. And like you said, you know, the summary we got of the Mueller report, we all looked at it and we're like, ah. Because it really didn't have a lot to it. And we're like, this isn't great. Right. Um, you knew immediately how Mitch McConnell and Senate Republicans yeah. were going to be spinning. But like webs. you said, this has got some meat to it. It's, it this, is not, this is not that. It definitely is different. That's I said uh, a little earlier that it just feels different this time. And people are paying attention more to it, I think. Um, and Trump's currently like going off the rails as we speak. Yeah. Speaking. So he's he's flustered right now. He's... It's funny that he calls it a transcript and he keeps hammering that point home because transcript impro- implies this is a you know word for word recount that it was recorded and then written down after the fact. But that's not the case because his calls are not recorded unless he's personally doing it. But by law, they're not recorded. Right. And this is just people listening. Uh, typically, when the president calls, any president calls a foreign leader, it's not just him on the line. You might have vice president on the line. You'll have probably people from your security council also on the line. Um, perhaps diplomats to that country would also sit on, on that, an ambassador. So there's multiple people. It's a party line. And then this is just kind of a summary that's written up after the fact. And if you read it, like, let's be honest, everyone. Read this and tell me if you think that is a word-for-word transcript of how Donald Trump speaks. You get the gist, and it's a little Trumpian in the way it's written, but this is the most concise I've ever seen him be. Yeah, there's a lot (laughs) missing here. There's a lot of of rambling, a lot of, yeah, no, that's that's not it. So, yeah, it's it's a summary. And you talked about other people being on the line. Just a question for you. Is Penn still around? Is he he alive? I haven't heard from this guy. He's probably smartly hiding and trying to distance himself as much as possible while him and Karen Pence, um, you know, get prepared to move into a bigger bedroom in the White House. (laughs) He's up driving around Mackinac Island, an island that hasn't had a car on it in 80 years. Yeah, screw that guy. Jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that is really what all the the talk is about. If Again, if you haven't really been paying attention. So it's opened up this impeachment inquiry where... The House is going to run a bunch of investigations. This will be part of the evidence against Donald Trump. And at the end of this investigation, they will determine whether or not articles of impeachment will be filed. Now, I've been talking with a lot of friends and family members over the week, and it sounds like a lot of people are confused, like, what impeachment means. Because impeaching in the House doesn't mean you're kicked out of office. We can't even do it. Which a lot of people think that's what it is. Not possible. So just for a little clarity's sake... Here's a brief refresher on what it means. So impeachment is essentially an indictment of any government official. It doesn't have to be a president. It could be a senator. It could be a judge. We've had numerous judges and senators impeached over the years. Um, and a couple presidents. Yep. And this inquiry is whether or not to decide to file formal charges against Donald Trump. Now, only two presidents have been impeached. And that process takes place in the House. You need um, 218 votes to impeach someone in the House. So that's just the majority, right? Which the Democrats actually have more than that. They have more seats than that. 
And at the time of this recording, I think they've got about 212 votes in favor of impeachment um, of the 218 they need. So it's reasonable to think that they'll get those votes. It'll happen. Yeah. Um, So the House would vote to impeach. If that happens, it moves to the Senate. Now, in the Senate, they actually have a full-blown trial. And they'll have, you know, defense, prosecution. They'll call witnesses. It's going to be ugly. And at the end of that, the Senate needs to have two-thirds of the Senate to vote in favor of conviction. Will never happen. That's 67 senators. So we need 20, um, yeah, 20 Republicans to defect and vote to convict Donald Trump. Never going to happen, as you said. Unless something drastic comes up in these investigations where it's easier for the Republicans to just cut bait. But I just can't see that happening anytime soon. That or this goes long enough and the current defection rate of Republican senators keeps going the way it is because they are saying they're not running for re-election in just numbers right now. It's it's crazy. So yeah, because they don't want to have clo- to defend this. We get clo- yeah, no, and I think you're going to see more of this if it really gets there. Maybe a stupid question, but it, say we run this trial through the Senate. It's an absolute joke because we expect it to be. Um, it's mocked all the way through, and he's fully acquitted. Uh, the day he leaves office please <laughs> soon um can he be arrested then and rechart retried on these same exact charges yeah definitely so any crimes he committed he can be charged for uh for after he leaves office this doesn't acquit him of those particular charges just um, as as in terms of the presidency it does but not in right again in because real life. <laughs> yeah the only way and we saw with the Mueller report that the standard is that you can't indict a sitting president Impeachment is the only way you can actually get that done. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's even more incentive for him to want to stay in office by any means necessary. He's not leaving. Because so. he's, <laughs> he's got other crimes to worry about, too, between him and his family. Yeah. At this point, I wonder... I've been going back and forth on whether this is politically prudent for the Democrats. You know, the election is, what, it's end of... September right now we're just a little over a year away from the next election presidential election I wonder because they have to get this process done quick we can't afford to have this drag out the way the Mueller report did for you know two plus years like if this is going to be done we've got to have this done next couple months I mean cynically this is already dragged out long enough (laughs) I, I agree with you on that um and even bigger than that you know the Mueller stuff was handled the way it needed to be handled. Um, this needs to be a spectacle. This needs to be in front of everybody. This needs to draw attention. This cannot, it can't take two years. Like you said, it also can't be done quietly. Let's go like, you know, let's do what they, what the Republicans have done. They get in front of every camera. They call it a witch hunt. They protect him. Like, let's put that same energy. This should be the focus. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've already had people attack me on that saying, all you care about is this not running our country. I mean, that stuff has to be done too, but nothing, if you're not paying attention, nothing's getting passed anyways. Nothing's happening. <laughs> right, yeah. Democrats, everything the House passes right now is getting stonewalled in the Senate. They so, don't even talk about it. So right. there's, there's not a lot of downside for them unless you believe that this will rally Trump's base in his favor and get people anti-Democrat. I'm not. I mean, uh, I'm not a huge believer in that at this point. And I'm not even worried about it because at this point we have to protect our democracy. Yeah. If we're gonna just let, like every 
single thing he keeps doing is now putting building up on top. And you got to remember for future presidents, no matter how good in spirit you think they are, they're all going to watch this playbook. Right. This opens all of these doors for this to not only happen again, but get worse. Exactly. Um, what happens when we have a competent, smart guy that wants that get to take away advantage of this quietly? System? Yeah. yeah. No. That doesn't do his crimes out in the open. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That's so dangerous to set this precedent. So terrifying. I agree that it's time. I know I was someone that was anti-impeachment uh, earlier this yeah. year on, on this podcast. I yep. think I argued against it. Um, I switched back and forth four times probably yeah. in the last. Six I think months. we both did. Yeah, yeah, even on this pod, we've done that. We flip flopped on that issue definitely. And but now it's I can't imagine going back on this at this point. Uh, we're all in it, and it just needs to get done. Yeah. And I just want to, like I said, make it a spectacle. Let's let's do this in prime time. Um, you know, let's let's go. The one thing I know a lot of, I saw a lot of the Democrats are on recess right now. Um, they need to come back immediately. This, yeah, the, recess if, needs to be canceled. If we're going to do this, you can't be like, yeah, we're going to impeach. We'll see you in a month. It, it, it makes it sound like you're off. not taking it seriously or that the charges themselves aren't serious, serious enough for you to be doing your job. Yep. And Trump and his backers and the Senate and the Republicans are going to bring that up so much if we don't. I mean, it's going to yep. be their, oh, you really want to impeach this guy, but you're on vacation? Yep. Yeah. Don't don't let that happen. They that's have to an come easy back. talking point. They have to just come back now. Take yeah. it out of their hands and just get ahead of it. I think that's a really smart move, Jeff. And if you have any um, Democrats that are in your uh, voting area, sorry, not using the right words. Congressional but, district. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're holding town halls during this recess. Show up and tell them to go back to work. Yeah. Tell them to go back to work. Um, we have a couple of um, Congress people in New Jersey that are not in favor of impeachment right now. Democrats that are not in favor um, again, we're going to post phone numbers on our website. Get out there, call them. It's time. Even, even if they're in favor, back them up. Yeah. Give Pre- them that political courage. They, pressure, they need pressure, to pressure. know that their constituents believe in it. Don't let them waver. Yeah. Let's make sure they have the courage to keep throwing their hand up in favor. There's going to be so much more to come. And probably by the time you all listen to this, there's going to be even more that we haven't even touched on. That's how quickly the story has been moving. It, like This is like a waterfall of information at this point. It was this trickle that's just exploded over the last 24 hours. We'll keep you all apprised of it and give you our takes on it. But for now, we're going to move on to um, kind of a, a parallel topic I just wanted to touch on, and that's, that's Rudy Giuliani. I just want to talk about a little bit about him and his complete meltdowns he's been going through over the last probably couple years, but most importantly in the last week. So we touched on before that Rudy Giuliani is Donald Trump's personal lawyer. And Jeff, I don't know, have you seen his interviews recently on you know, CNN and even Fox News? I mean, as, as much as I can stand to watch and listen to, I mean, he's, he's probably got grandchildren out there. Go get your boy. Yeah, right. Pick up <laughs> bring, grandpa. Bring him home. Something's like, not right upstairs. Between him and Trump, I just can't imagine what would it be to be a fly on the wall in one of their one-on-one meetings like they'd both go to prison for a hundred years probably for their discussions, but I just can't understand like having to listen to this. It's with both so of these. weird because like Rudy Giuliani was a pretty respected prosecutor. What happened? And I'll say he was a pretty respected mayor for the majority of his tenure. Yeah. Um, he was America's mayor after nine 11. Yep. Um, he tried to ride that high into the white house and that backfired spectacularly. But as a Republican, he was a guy that I actually kind of respected way back when. And he's just 
lost all of that. All every, that credibility is out the window. Every time I watch him, it brings me back to um, one of the uh, debates, uh, Mayor Pete's statement about, you know, this kind of thing right now is going on your political tombstone for what you did in your career. Yeah. And like you just said, all the good he's done, um, this is going in like the top couple footnotes, like right behind, you know, mayor during 9-11 and like you said, America's mayor to now – shrill for Donald Trump. It's it's unbelievable. He's really debased himself. It's kind of embarrassing to watch. I don't know what it, what the what he's getting out of this, but it's got to be uh, is his last 10 seconds of fame? Is it to be in front of these cameras? Is he bored? Maybe he thinks he's Trump's heir and he runs for president next. Oh my god. That's a horrifying thought. I'm sorry I brought that up. <laughs> Holy <laughs> We're going to have a sip of whiskey after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff comes prepared. I knew what we were talking about. I didn't know we would get to the horrifying thought of Giuliani being president next. Yeah, I, I hope that's not even in the cards. I hope he's not even thinking about it. But And if you are going to do it, Rudy, um, you know, primary Trump. <laughs> yeah, right. Tear them apart. So speaking of the these random meetings, these random interviews he's been doing with the media. We'll start with uh, the one from CNN last week. He was on with uh, Chris Cuomo, and Cuomo's pressing him about the Ukraine stuff. Like, did you investigate? Did you ask them to investigate Biden? Like, tell us. And it's a very, like, few good men type exchange where they're just going back and forth. We'll play for you right now so you can listen to it. Did you ask the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden? No, actually, I didn't. I asked the Ukraine to investigate the allegations that there was interference in the election of 2016 by the Ukrainians for the benefit of Hillary Clinton, for which there already is a court finding. You never asked anything about Hunter Biden. You never asked anything about Joe Biden. The only thing I asked about Joe Biden is to get to the bottom of how it was that Lutsenko, who was appointed, dismissed the case against Antac. So you did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden? Of course I did. You just said you didn't. No, I didn't ask him to look into Joe Biden. I asked him to look into the allegations that related to my client, which tangentially involved Joe Biden in a massive bribery scheme, not unlike what he did in China. Rudy, you explain to me how the kid got one point five billion dollars. I have no problem with you launching allegations, but just be careful about what you say. I asked you, did you ask Ukraine to look at Joe Biden? You said no. Then you went on to say that you did. No, I didn't say that. So Rudy goes from outright denying that he asked Ukraine to investigate Biden, and that's Hunter Biden, uh, Joe Biden's son. Uh, then he comes out and admits, yeah, I did it, and then switches back to denying it all within the span of, like, seconds. And then he was on Fox News uh, the other day. He was on Laura Ingram's show, and that should be a pretty buddy-buddy type atmosphere for him, right? Yeah. He's like in his backyard with his best friends. He tells Laura that the State Department was behind his trips to the Ukraine. He flat out like throws the State Department under the bus, which, holy shit, because that's an even bigger scandal. Um, If the State Department's actively telling the lawyer, the personal lawyer of the president, to go do state business for them, that's not okay. Right. These discussions, like Rudy Giuliani has no business working with the president of Ukraine. No. He shouldn't be. And we know he is because both Rudy and Trump have admitted it on camera 
on Fox News and on CNN, on MSNBC. And even in this memo of the phone call, Giuliani's brought up by name. And it's clear based on the context of this call and the summary that the president of Ukraine brings it up first, brings up Rudy's name first. So they're familiar with each other. It's, man, I, I don't know why they allow Rudy Giuliani to be on TV anymore. Sure you do. I mean, Trump's running out of people that are just going to just go there and say whatever he wants. Um, you know, we've seen all the defections, all the people that have been fired or quit. Um, you know, he's he's running out of people in his circle that he can count on to go there and just say whatever he needs them to say. Uh, and he's down to this guy because <laughs> Sanders is gone. And they're all gone. Um, yeah. He's got this guy and Kellyanne Conway now. Uh, That's it. And just to wrap up our talk about Rudy Giuliani, we spent more than enough on that clown. Uh, I just want to play this clip for our listeners where he apparently stayed in the studio after speaking on a, a Laura Ingram show and then jumped in on a panel later on <laughs> to talk some trash about one of the other panelists. So I'm just going to play this little outburst. This will be Rudy Giuliani right off the bat here. Okay, I'm going to bring Rudy back in. Rudy, you've been listening to this conversation. Yeah, I sure have, and I'd like to say uh, to Mr. Ha- I'd like Chris to say, Hahn. Mr. Hahn, I should sue you for libel, because you irresponsibly oh, say. Oh, please. Yeah, well, you you actually usually say incredibly stupid things. You're a public figure. Yeah, and uh, by the way, do you have any idea that the State Department? So then you know the libel okay, law. Hold on, shut let up, Rudy. Moron. Let Rudy. Shut up. Okay, hold on. Shut up. Hold on. You don't know Everybody. what you're talking about. Chris, Chris, you don't know Chris, what you're talking Chris. about, idiot. I do. The state? No, you don't. You just Mr. lied. Mayor, I wish you would stop. You lied, my friend. I wish friend. you would stop, Mr. Mayor. Well, why don't you tell him? Why don't you wish you would stop? Why don't you okay. tell him to keep his mouth shut so we can tell the truth? Yeah, Chris, okay? just let Rudy just keep say, your lying mouth you shut. Res- We're gonna cut it right there. And I never thought I'd actually like side with a Fox News panelist, but when he's just flat out, I was like, Mr. Mayor, please, please, just stop. <laughs> Let's remember you in your glory days. That is such a burn. Uh, I love it. I had to play that for everybody. <laughs> we'll put a poll out on our Instagram. Um, I'm thinking over under days Giuliani's in the role he's in um, because there's going to have to be a sacrificial lamb for this call thing, and especially with the impeachment. Uh, what do you want to put it at? Uh, 45 days? That might be too much. Too much. 30? Yeah. How quickly the news is moving. Yeah, let's do a month. A okay. month from today. Over under 30. We'd like to hear yeah. from everybody if you think he's going to be in his position shorter or longer than 30 days. <laughs> I will officially take the under. Um, I'll say under 30. Days. I think he gets scapegoated here. I, I agree. They'll probably under. They'll throw him under the bus for all of this. But just to be contrarian, I'll take the over. <laughs> We'd like to hear that from everybody. We'll, we'll yeah. try to put something out. That's Rudy Giuliani trying to run defense for the president and just kind of Giuliani over all over the place. He's he's a mess. The Trump White House, if they're anything, they're consistently messy. And we just got this notification that not only do we have people like Rudy Giuliani out there with these these weird talking points, but apparently the White House also accidentally emailed out their Ukrainian talking points to the Democrats. <laughs> Sent a copy to Nancy Pelosi and other Democratic officials. And it has all of the talking points that we've seen Trump spout all day today. So at least he did his homework. That's nice. 
uh, and that we're going to see Senate Republicans and the rest of the White House run with, uh, you know, for the days that follow. Conspiracy theory. Accidental? Or is somebody actually, like... Leaked it, you think? We, we have a chance here. Let's give them all the ammunition they need to get this guy out of here. I That'd be nice. I I'm, want to believe that's that. That's as optimistic as I've ever been in life. That's my X-Files, I want to believe poster. So we have, like, two choices here. One is just complete, utter incompetence from the GOP. Or somebody's on our side, and it's probably incompetence. Maybe that should be the second poll. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so embarrassing that they did that. And then they tried to um, recall the email and bring it back. And they're like, hey, guys, just don't open that first one, right? Where I I talk bad about you. Please, please. (laughs) Recall the emails never work, folks. Don't try it. It does not work. And yeah, it's really, it's just filled with all these strange, like, straw man articles where they're just propping up, like, these fake boogeyman's to argue about like no one's making the arguments that they put in here we'll, we'll share the whole email thread because people obviously screenshotted this and saved it we'll share that for you all it's pretty pretty entertaining here's here's one that stood out to me and they break it down to myth versus fact and one of the myths they put is that the president meaning trump offered a quid pro quo there's that term again related to military aid for the ukraine their fact says, again, this is their fact, there was no quid pro quo. In fact, there is no mention of the aid package to Ukraine at all, which is immediately demonstrably false. If you just read their own memo that they released earlier the same day, they talk about the package, the aid package. It's one of the first things the president of Ukraine brings up. It's there. Yep. On the White House website. It's unbelievable. I feel like they've gotten sloppier than ever in these uh, in trying to cover up crimes at this point that maybe we are at a breaking point finally. I don't know what else it would take, man. I guess if this is not enough, maybe we've got we've got bigger more issues. years of this going to happen. Ugh. Ugh. On that note, Jeff, let's have a little fun. We're going to bring back our weekly quiz. Ooh, it's been a while since I we've done prepared. one. You will not be prepared. I did not give you the topics, so. <laughs> but you're going to be on the hot that's seat. how we do these quizzes. <laughs> cool. For those of you that are new to the podcast, uh, we, we do this little quiz where we make up uh, five questions about a particular topic. We quiz either our guest, or in this case, it'll be my co-host. If Jeff gets this question right, I will drink. If he gets it wrong... He drinks. Pretty straightforward. Yep. Jeff, you ready to jump into it? I'm ready. This week's quiz is about the topic of impeachment. Ooh. Our third eye, for those of you following along. (laughs) Question number one, Jeff. Only two presidents have been successfully impeached by the House, and both were acquitted by the Senate. That's Bill Clinton and Andrew Johnson. Bill Clinton's in kind of recent memory, so you probably know that one. But what was Andrew Johnson impeached for? Was it A, violating the Emoluments Clause of the Constitution? B, violating the Tenure of Office Act? C, improper acceptance of gifts? Or D, political bias? I will say C. Improper acceptance of gifts. Yes. I'm sorry, Jeff, that is incorrect. Was it A? It was actually B, violating the Tenure of Office Act. Really? It was a law that was in effect for about 20 years and said that... um, a presidential, anyone that's appointed by the president can only be removed with the consent of the Senate and got impeached in the House for it. 
Nice. Yeah. Oh for one. Oh for one. Here we go. Number two. Who presides over the Senate's impeachment trial? We touched on earlier that a full-blown trial would occur if the House does impeach and moves to the Senate. There will actually be a judge person in charge here, right? Would that person be A, a D.C. Circuit federal judge? Would it be the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court? Would it be the Senate Majority Leader? Or would it be the Chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee? Uh, D. Chair of uh, Judiciary. Yes. Incorrect. It actually would be Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Really? In this case, John Roberts. Okay. The swing vote on Obamacare. Uh, probably the guy that leans pretty right, but comparatively speaking to Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh, might be the only uh, only hope we have yeah. in that Supreme Court at this point. And the Supreme Court cannot overturn impeachment, right? If it uh, They happens. cannot, actually. Uh, that's one of those checks and balances that... It is Congress's power to um, hold the executive branch in check. And if the Senate votes to convict in a impeachment trial, then that's it. That's it. That's it. He's removed from office and the Supreme Court can do nothing about it. I'm sure it'll go down just that easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 0 for 2, Jeff. Oh, I got a drink. You got to drink a little more. There you go. Question three. There's been unsuccessful attempts to initiate impeachment proceedings against a number of other presidents. Who on this list did not have someone try to impeach them? Okay. One of these presidents did not have someone try to impeach them. Okay. Was it A, John Tyler, B, Richard Nixon, C, Barack Obama, or D, Ronald Reagan? I feel like this is a trick question. Um, Did Nixon resign before it went that far? Yes, I think it's Nixon. He got out of there before they actually tried to do it, right? So they actually they brought it up, but he did resign before the trials and everything could happen. Okay. But it's the incorrect answer uh, because they did initiate it. Okay. The correct answer is actually Ronald Reagan. Okay. Never had anyone try to initiate impeachment proceedings. Barack right. Obama actually had someone try to, and everyone's like, sit down. Over Obamacare or yeah. something? Probably. <laughs> yeah. A, a couple of Benghazi and a couple of other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, for three. Yeah. This is a tough one, I admit. So question number four, which of these accusations has not, another not question here, not been used against a government official in U.S. history for impeachment? It's like the SATs. You got to read that not. Exactly. It changes it up a bit. All right. A, drunkenness. B, support of the Confederacy. C, racism. Or D, abuse of power. Uh, Racism. That's right. Yep. You would think that'd be a no-brainer that it could be used, but no. Also a no-brainer that it probably hasn't been. Yeah. I just love that drunkenness is an accusation that's been levied against two federal judges in the history of America. Think back to the Prohibition era, that kind of stuff. They both, this, both of them were actually uh, in the 1800s. One was convicted and one resigned. Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. All right. Last question, Jeff. See if you can make it a two for five. If an official is successfully impeached, it bars them from future political service. True or false? Any political service, right? Um, I'm going to say false. It is false, actually. You're right. And this is something I didn't know until I was doing some research on here. So the decision to bar an official from future service is actually a secondary issue that can be decided after impeachment. Right. So the Senate can actually impeach in this example, like Donald Trump, 
and then say, not only that, but what you did was so egregious, you cannot run for any office. You can't even be like a, a small town mayor. Right. So if you got impeached for being drunk, you might be able to go be the mayor of Hoboken. Probably. But uh, I think I'd do all right there. Yeah. Think yeah. I got shot? That's beautiful. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Two for five. That's you. You, know, you came back at the end there. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, I did not drink when you got at those all. right. I'm sorry. So let me let me catch up to you real quick. Ah, uh, that's good. That's some good sweatpants, pale ale. <laughs> so we were gonna go ahead and skip to the end of the episode there. No fake news of the week. But Jeff, you have you got something quick and funny for our listeners? Donald Trump, the president of the United States. That's fake news right there. Yes. Done. <laughs> He claimed anytime there is a poll, you can add 10 points or seven points or six points to his support number. To his support number? Correct. It wouldn't go the other way with his disapproval number, though? No way, right? No, you can only add <laughs> 10, seven, or six. Where did he say this? Uh, we're not sure. This was in response to a question about the appropriateness of his actions with Zelensky. Um, so, yeah, 10, seven, or six. We don't know where those numbers came from. Uh, they came from his mind. And wow. This was brought to you by the mind of Donald J. Trump. That's the most terrifying place to be. Ten, <laughs> seven, six. Just automatically add it. What a delusional guy. Like It must be nice to be so detached from reality, right? Just, there's there's got to be some beauty in it. There really does. Just live in your own fantasy world. You know, Anytime there's negative news, it's like, oh, it's fake. But do that like in a home somewhere, not you know running our country. Thanks. Yeah, I think, you know, we were texting back and forth on our group chat earlier today, and I just kept thinking that if you worked with a guy like Donald Trump, or if you had a family member like Donald Trump that spoke the way he did and would just blatantly lie to you every time, you'd avoid that person, or at best, you'd sit there and you'd, you know, tolerate it at a family function, but you'd be rolling your eyes and, like, looking at your watch, like, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. I don't want to be around this person. And this, this man is our president. I really have a feeling that he is really lonely at the White House. I don't think people are just like palling around, stopping by the old Oval Office like, hey, Don, how you doing today? Got any thoughts? I think people are probably avoiding him like the plague at this point uh, in, his own, in his own circles, which we talked about earlier is down to like Giuliani and McConnell. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a small and ever winnowing group of people. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that to my attention. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> So on that note, that's all we've got for you this week. We'll be keeping a close eye on all this impeachment talk. But uh, if you haven't already, go back, check out our new bonus series that we launched earlier this week. Uh, it's our Get to Know a Voter series. We'll be interviewing people from around the area and occasionally dropping some extra bonus content for you all. Trying to find out what makes people tick politically. See what they've got in mind, who they're rooting for in 2020, what issues are important to them. And I think this past one was a, a pretty good episode with our um, guest, Massimo. Yeah, we got a little view of uh, somebody that didn't grow up here, wasn't born here, and it was, it was enlightening. I thought it was, it was pretty cool. It was, I liked listening to him. Could have talked to him for a lot longer, actually. Like yeah, we'll have to bring him back on the show. Yeah, he, he was, was interesting. Great. So. so on that note, we'll close out. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at drinking underscore lib pod. And of course, check out our footnotes on our website at www.drinkingliberallypod.com. We'll share those White House email talking points as well as the memo that was released by the White House today. You'll find it right there. And then 
rate and review us on whatever listening app you're using. iTunes, Spotify, Google. Really appreciate it. Everyone that's already done so, you're really helping us get to a lot of new households. You guys are awesome. And check out that Instagram for a little bonus content we got coming your way. Yeah, absolutely. That's all we have for you this week. Talk to you next. Cheers.